morning, Lakeview Church. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, some of you are in the holiday spirit. That's great. So let's try it one more time. Merry Christmas. Uh, that's good. It's good. So good to see all of you and excited to get into our fourth and final conversation in the series that we've been doing during the month of December called Christmas Conversations. And we'll get into that conversation in just a moment. But I wanted to take just two or three minutes right here at the beginning to just talk about a couple of things. First, I wanted to give you an update on our legacy offering, which we took last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, you guys gave over $22,000 in the legacy offering. And for those of you who are wondering, what is the legacy offering? It's really our commitment to say one Sunday in December, we're going to collect an offering. And rather than keep it for our own needs here at the church, we're going to give that money away. And so about $7,500 of that offering from last week is going to be kept for local ministry. So it's going to go to local partner organizations that are already doing great work in Grant County. And we're going to give some of that money to them so that they can continue to do uh, the great work that God has called them in to. And we're excited about that. And then a portion of that offering of that $7,500 is going to go into meeting needs through benevolence. And so we have lots of benevolence requests that come from people in our community over the next couple of months in particular, because you know, winter in Indiana. And so people reach out and they want help. And we as a church want to help everyone that we can possibly help during those months. And so your offering last week is helping us do that. And then about $15,000 of that offering from last week is going towards our commitment of $80,000 to Africa Wesleyan University, which is the first Wesleyan University that's going to be outside of North America. It's going to be in the nation of Zambia. It's going to serve all of Zambia, but also the continent of Africa. And we're excited to be a part of that. And uh, God is, is on the move, not just here in our church, not just in our community, but around the world. And we're excited to be a part of it. So I just want to thank you for your generosity and thank you for making a difference here and around the world. Can we just give God praise one more time for the way he's working? I want to just highlight two or three things that are coming up uh, so that you're aware of them. Uh, and the first is next Sunday. I know next Sunday is New Year's Eve and you guys already have big party plans. I get it but you should come to church before you party, okay? And next Sunday, we're actually gonna have the presiding bishop over the Wesleyan Church in Zambia. Bishop Judah, Judah Sachetam is gonna be with us next Sunday. He's a dear friend of mine, a man of God, a tremendous preacher of the word, and I've invited him to uh, share the word of God with us next Sunday, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. It's gonna be a great Sunday, and so I wanna invite you to be here 10.30 a.m. We've been praying all month long for his visa to be approved, and it came in right at the bitter end of, the, of our prayers. Uh, we were holding on, holding on, and uh, just earlier this week on, I think, Thursday, his visa was approved, and so travel plans were finalized, and he will be here with us next Sunday, and we're excited about that, so please join us next Sunday. And then the following Sunday 
is the first Sunday of the new year, January 7th. And I want to make sure that you know we're starting a brand new message series that I've been working on for the last couple of months. It's a message series called Inside Out. We're going to be studying a few paragraphs of the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. So in the New Testament, the book called Ephesians, there's a few paragraphs in there that we're going to study to really see God's desire to shape us deep inside so that we actually reflect his character on the inside of who we are and that that works its way out into the way we live our lives, the way we relate to others, and the way we make a difference in the world. So I wanna invite you to be with us for that series beginning on January 7th. And then as Pastor Jessica already shared, January 8th, 6 a.m., I wanna see all of you here. 6 a.m., January 8th. I heard a groan from a few of you. It's going to be fine. We uh, will have some Keurigs set up. I know I was talking to one person in our church who I know is a devoted 21-day-of-prayer person, and she has bought a case of K-Cups for herself to bring to uh, 21 Days of Prayer. So we'll have uh, some K uh, Keurigs set up so you can make your cup of coffee when you come in. It's going to be a great time of prayer. But what I really want to emphasize is that in in January, we add to our prayers fasting. And we do this because it's one of the things that Jesus talks about in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, when you give and when you pray and when you fast, it's something that is supposed to be a part of the Christian journey. And we try to start the new year with prayer and fasting. So for some of you, that might mean just giving up one meal and devoting the time that you would have been eating to praying and seeking God. Or maybe you want to only eat one meal a day and devote your other meal times to prayer. Or maybe you want to do a complete fast and just go to water and juice for the time of your fast. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you to figure out what God wants you to do in this time of fasting and to, to create some hunger in your life. One of the reasons I love fasting in my own spiritual life is because uh, when it's time to eat and I'm not eating, I feel hungry. And it reminds me in those moments that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And so I want to encourage you uh, to consider fasting with us in January as we start the new year seeking God. So again, next Sunday... We've got Bishop Juden here with us, and you're going to want to be a part of that. January 7th, new message series, and then January 8th, we start 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I just want to encourage you to lean in. Lean in during this season, and let's seek God as we turn the corner into a brand new year. Amen? Amen. Now, today's conversation group is probably, not probably, it is my favorite one. <laughs> And for those of you who don't know, uh, this is my wife, Marita, and my daughter, Annika. And I, I tell people that she is my favorite daughter. You're not supposed to have favorite kids, and I don't have a favorite kid, but I do have a favorite daughter because I only have one of those. And uh, so I don't have a favorite son, but I do have a favorite daughter, and she's joining me up here today. Uh, we were intending to have our other two uh, children with us, Sean, uh, who is our oldest child, and Elliot, who is our youngest. 
Uh, but Sean uh, is newly married to his wife, Jenna, and sometimes you'll see them uh, sitting up here on the front row. They're not here today because they are traveling to see Jenna's uh, family in Canada, and so they're away from us this Christmas season. And when we started putting this together a couple of months ago, travel plans had not been confirmed yet. Uh, and so Sean's unable to join us today. And then we thought Elliot would be sitting here next to Annika so she wouldn't be so lonely on the couch, but Elliot got sick over the last week, and so he is at home quarantined to his bedroom. Uh, so Merry Christmas to him uh, during this time, uh, but he's trying to get better so that we can uh, have a, a holiday celebration this next week with the rest of our family. So it's the three of us, and I think we're still going to have a great conversation together. Uh, these are uh, just special, special people to me. Uh, my daughter is a, a studying to be a pastor uh, at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Ten Tennessee. She's studying pastoral leadership with a minor in business as mission. And uh, it's always fun when your daughter reaches out and says, hey, I'm writing an exegesis paper, which for those of you who don't know, is when you're studying all the Greek and the Hebrew and the commentary stuff, all the historical background, she sends it to me and says, can you read this for me? And it's like, man, that's why she's my favorite daughter. <laughs> and so it's been a joy uh, to watch her develop and grow uh, in her faith and in her journey of following the Lord. And then my wife, Marita, I know many of you know her, but 25 years we've been married. 25 years ago, we got married on this platform during a Sunday morning church service. And, uh, and yes, it was actually during the service. Some of you were here. We still occasionally meet people who, will, who we don't know, who will say to us, we were at your wedding, which is kind of weird, but, but it's how it was. And, uh, and so we are just so excited that God has called us to be at Lakeview during this season of our lives. We love you. We love getting to serve with you. And we absolutely love what God is doing in and through our church in these days. So thank you for being such a great church. And thank you for giving us an opportunity to share with you today. So I want to get into our conversation, and today we're going to talk about Christmas presents because tomorrow morning we're going to open some, hopefully, and uh, I hope I'm opening some Christmas <laughs> presents tomorrow, so, um, but want to just talk about Christmas presents a little bit. So why don't we start by just talking about the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Best Christmas gift you've ever received? You're looking at me, so I'm assuming I'm going first here. <laughs> I had to think about this a little bit because... There's, there's more than one over the years of favorite Christmas gifts, but I went back to my childhood and tried to think of what stood out. And I think it was like 1987. I wanted this doll called Baby Heather, which at the time was like cutting edge. She had animatronics and she could age like from one year or one month old and she could be set to different settings and then she'd be six months old and she'd say different phrases and eat food. Well, not actually eat it, but move her mouth like she was drinking bottle. <laughs> And I just thought this was the most amazing doll ever. And I wanted that doll so badly. And I woke up Christmas morning, and normally my parents would leave some gifts out unwrapped under the tree, but she was not there. So then I was kind of disappointed, like, oh, I didn't, you know, maybe you didn't get her. So I was kind of quietly watching and then realized my parents said, why don't you go? We had a little spare room off of the main family room. And so they said, why don't you go look in there? And under the covers, 
there was a doll for me and a doll for my sister, and so there was baby Heather. <laughs> so that was uh, one of my favorite Christmas gifts. That's cool. How about you, Annika? I was thinking about, I have a lot of like different gifts that I like came to mind, but one that really stood out was a gift I got last year from my fiance, Tucker. He's not a very crafty person, <laughs> but this was the first gift that like wasn't something he just purchased. He created a photo album for me of pictures that we took, like even before we started dating, all the way to where we were at that point, and then left a couple pages at the end that he was like, we can put like engagement pictures and wedding pictures, and it was just really meaningful for him. Like I know how much time that would take for him to put that together, and to see like him do that and, and gift that to me was really special, and now I get to have it sitting on my bed, and I look at it, and it's really sweet. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that she's engaged, and this is the this is the last Christmas that Tucker and Annika are spending separate with their each individual family. So we're trying to soak up every second that we have with her this year. Uh, we're so excited to have Tucker join our family. When Tucker started dating Annika, he called me up and asked if he could meet me for coffee. So I kind of knew that he was going to ask if he could start dating my daughter. And so we sat down at the Abbey here in Marion, and we got a cup of coffee, except Tucker doesn't drink coffee, so I don't know what he got, some kind of fruit juice or something. But, <laughs> but we, uh, we sat down, and we started talking. And, and I said, Tucker, before we go any further, I just have one question for you, Apple or Samsung? And Tucker said, Apple, sir. And I said, okay, now we can proceed with the rest of the conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> which connects with, with my kind of best Christmas gift that I ever received. Uh, and when I was, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 years old, I wanted an Apple computer so bad. And uh, my parents couldn't afford an Apple computer, but we had a guy in our church who uh, ran an insurance company and they had Apple computers, and at the end of the year, they were transitioning to a whole new version of Apple computers. And my dad talked to this insurance guy, and this guy gave my parents a computer. There may have been a little bit of money that changed hands, but I don't think it was much, and it wasn't nearly what it cost. And this insurance company actually had the original box that the computer came in. So it got boxed back up and it was just like it was when it came from the store. And I just thought there was no possible way that I could get this for Christmas, but it was on my list. And I remember going down to the front room in our house and seeing a ginormous box, which that was back in the day when computers were huge, right? And they came in boxes that were like, you know, this tall and this wide. And, and now they come in just little tiny boxes. But, but I remember going down to the tree and seeing a huge box and thinking, could that be the Apple computer? And I actually have, I think, a Polaroid photo. Yes, a Polaroid photo of me opening that box. And sure enough, it was an Apple computer. And I have been an Apple fanboy ever since. I can't get away from Apple products. So uh, that was probably the best gift that I've received as a kid, just thinking, here it is. 
an Apple computer, uh, and I finally got it. So um, I was thinking about Christmas gifts, and I was thinking about the way that people have made their lists over the years. And I don't think this was a question I sent you guys, but but like I remember as a kid, and I don't know, Marita, if you remember this, but there used to be a thing called a catalog. And they used to come in the mail. I think it used to come like sometime in the fall, like October, maybe, maybe November. But in enough, there was enough lead time for you to look through it. Circle, that's how we did it. Circle what we wanted. Somehow Santa would figure out what we circled. I don't know how that worked when I was a little, little kid. But, but I remember uh, going through the catalog. And then, have you ever even seen a catalog? I mean... <laughs> No, my catalog version was the American Girl doll magazine. Okay, that is true. Yes, American Girl is not dumb. They send <laughs> magazines to kids so that they know what to circle. And then, and then I think Sean, who is our techie son, he figured out he could write it in a Apple note and share the note with links to the appropriate Amazon page for the gift uh, that he wanted. So, so there's lots of different ways that we've gone about kind of figuring out what gifts we'd like to receive. Um, let's shift a little bit to the other side of the equation and talk about the best gift you've ever given. What's the best gift you've ever given? I think for me, I, last year, I got to give a ring to my mom. It was a clotter ring, which is um, an Irish ring. And I, when I was in Ireland, I bought it for her. And she's talked about these rings. I remember having conversations about them when I was little. And so I knew that she's always wanted one of these rings. And since I was there, I was like, it'd be really special to get her that for Christmas. And so it was really fun because she had no idea that she was getting it. And so when she, like, it was just a little tiny box. And when she opened it up, it was just so exciting to see, like, the joy of, like, this is something that she's longed for for a long time, and to get to be the one to give that was really special. Yeah, and that was really special. That's probably one of my favorite gifts I have gotten, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um, I would say as far as a gift, yeah, in that list, as far as a gift I've given, um, I think with the kids, it's always been so fun over the years. I think my, my parents, my dad in particular, he just loves Christmas. So he kind of instilled in us this sense of making it fun, like the doll, instead of being under the tree, being tucked in bed, like she's sleeping. Um, and so I think over the years, we've tried to do some of those things with our kids. I think Annika's gotten a doll the same way at one point. Um, one of my favorite memories, though, was Sean one year. He was probably in elementary school. And he had asked for a particular Star Wars Lego gunship that he wanted so badly. And um, so we, we did it a little bit more like the Christmas story where we hid it behind the sofa and it wasn't wrapped. But we went through every, like we went through the whole morning traditions, stockings, opening gifts. And he was very calm. I was very proud because nowhere in any of that did he get that gift. And so we got to the end, and, and he was just, you know, being content. And then I think Chris said to him, I, you know, did you get everything you want? And are you missing something? And so we kind of gave him some hints of where to look, and then he found that behind the sofa. And then he was pulling, like, a Tom Cruise moment where he was, like, jumping <laughs> on the sofa. Um, but anyway, so yep. it was a fun, a fun gift or a fun way to give a gift. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the moments that sticks with me uh, when I asked Sean, so did you have a good Christmas? And he said, well, I mean, I didn't get everything I wanted, but you know, it's been a good day. And he it was he was giving me the right answer, but but then it was like, maybe you should just look around a little bit. And and then he finds that gift and like like Marita said, jumping on the couch. I think one of my favorite gift-giving uh, memories is one year for Christmas, uh, I decided to be super romantic, which I tend to be a little bit more of a romantic. And uh, I actually designed 12 days of Christmas for my wife. And so beginning 12 days before Christmas, she got a gift with a card written every day uh, so she got one gift every day leading up to Christmas. And so uh, she, uh, I think every day at different points in the day, different places like hidden in the driver's seat of her car when she opened it up or uh, hidden you know, in a cabinet that I knew she was gonna look in when she came home from work, uh, she would find the gift of the day and uh, open those cards. And uh, I'm not much of a poet, but I do like to write a little bit. And so tried to write things that had a little bit of poetry to them. And uh, it was, let's just say it was a good Christmas. Christmas. It was just a, it was a good Christmas. I, I I got lots of points I think for being a good gift giver, and she was happy for not just Christmas Day but all the days leading up to it, and it was a good Christmas. Uh, and I remember that as uh, a time of of giving gifts. When you think about giving and receiving gifts, uh, what would you say is maybe the the um, What's the way I want to phrase this? What do you enjoy more? What, what's, what is more uh, exciting during the holidays, giving or receiving, and why? I think the receiving is fun in those kind of moments where, yeah. I, for me, I like the meaning and the attention behind a gift, yeah. so that's what makes, yeah. to me, it's not so much always even the gift itself, but the thought that went behind that gift. Um, but I also love giving gifts, so it's a little hard on this one. I don't know yeah. that I have, I can say one way or the other specifically. Um, giving gifts, though, is a little intimidating for me because gifts isn't like my, norm, my natural love language. Like for him, it's a little easier. He comes up with all these creative ideas. For me, I have to work a little harder because I like to do things for people. That's more the way I show mm-hmm. affection and love is I make sure that you have food and you, you, know, <laughs> you're, you're clean, you have clean clothes, <laughs> all those kinds of things that keep you busy. Um, but, but I do, I, I do like spending time thinking about like how to give a gift with the same sense of intentionality and meaning behind it. Um, and so over the years, I think it's been fun getting to do that as a family. I think I would agree that there are times where both mm-hmm. are more enjoyable. I feel like there have been some Christmases where I get gifts for everyone and I'm so excited because I'm like, these are like great gifts and they're not expecting any of these gifts. And so I like that is enjoyable because it's kind of your way of showing like, I see you and I see the things that you like or I see the things that you need and I get to like fill mm-hmm. those things for you. Yep. Um, but then there are years where it's more enjoyable when you are like receiving because you also get that same sense from someone else of, you see me and like you love me and care for me and want to provide you know things that i like want or need and so there's kind of that double-sided where they're both enjoyable and can be 
yeah. more enjoyable in different seasons. Yeah, it's. I think the the theme between both sides of the equation is that it's it's about love, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you receive a gift and it's a it's a good gift, right? Sometimes you open the gift, and you're like, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> And it's not quite as like, wow, you didn't see me. <laughs> that yeah. is not something that I actually wanted. Um, so, and we've all had moments like that, I think. Uh, and, but, but when you open that gift, and especially a gift that's super thoughtful, um, and you open it up and you think to yourself, wow, like they were thinking about me when I wasn't around. Like when I wasn't with them, I wasn't, this wasn't on a list. They, mm-hmm. they just knew the right thing to get. Um, and that communicates love and it feels good to be loved. Um, and then when you buy the gift that you hope has that lands that way, um, there's always a moment of like, I hope this works. Like, I hope they get the, you know, the thought that I put into it. And when they do, then it feels like I've communicated love to them and it's good for them to feel that love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as we think about the tradition of gift giving, which is something that does really mark Christmas for so many of us, um, it really does come back to that issue of love. And all series long, we've been kind of having these kind of conversations about our experience of Christmas, but then coming back to say, what's underneath of that in the real Christmas story? Uh, and as we think about what Christmas is and what it's all about, it really started with a gift. And that gift was motivated by love. And uh, I watch a lot of sports and have been to a lot of sporting events. And uh, there have been very few sporting events that I've ever been to live where I haven't seen at least one person holding a sign that has a scripture passage on it. Anybody know what that scripture passage is? John 3.16. It's just something that's a part of sports. I don't know why, but there's always one person who's holding that sign. And John 3.16, for those of you who don't know, uh, is, is one of the most quoted verses in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have life. They wouldn't perish. And when you think about that verse, it really is the original Christmas gift, right? And it's motivated by love. And so I'd love for us to maybe just to spend a couple minutes here as we start to move towards the end of this conversation to just think about um, this gift that God has given. And I'd love to hear from your perspective what you believe the purpose of his gift is and really what he's trying to communicate. We know it's fueled by love, but, but what's, what's God trying to say to us through this gift? Come on, pastoral leadership major. Let's hear it. Thinking about this, I took a class this semester called God Creation, New Creation, and the whole class was just moving from creation to the story of Israel to incarnate Jesus to, you know, what are we preparing for? And it was a really interesting class just to learn all this different, like, theology and this to see the big picture story. And so, thinking about like coming to this Christmas season. And I think a lot of times, like in Christmas's past, I kind of process like the birth of Jesus is like, oh, like this is kind of the initiation of like freedom from sin, and and I think I I'm understanding it in a on a deeper level of like this was God coming 
to earth in human flesh to empathize with us, like to understand um, the human condition in a way that like is, you know, I've just never thought of it that way before. And then to like dwell among us that would eventually point us to new creation where God will dwell with us fully, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is just a beautiful thought of what we are moving towards. Um, So I think this gift comes out of love of like, I don't just want to be like, you know, this like thing over us, like I actually want to be with you and I want to love on you and um, to dwell with you, to dwell in you, and all that is made possible through the gift of Jesus. And hmm. I think it's just a beautiful thing that I've never picked up on before. Yeah, it's neat in the one-year Bible. If you're a one-year Bible reader, at this time of year, you're getting to Revelation, which feels maybe like it doesn't fit with Christmas, except it exactly fits with Christmas for that exact reason, yeah. right? It's Jesus came the first time mm-hmm. to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us, but he's coming again. Mm-hmm. And he's coming again, why? To be with us. Yeah. It's all about relationship mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what are your thoughts? I think similarly, I mean, I, I, the word for me was relationship, like that this isn't, it's a gift, but there's an intent behind it. That is relationship that's fueled by love. Um, yeah. And I think that that's just a powerful thing to sit with and think about, um, that God loved us that much. Yeah, yeah. I think the, uh, sometimes we get confused, I think, that faith is about religion, that it's about what we do, it's about our works and, and following kind of these steps that we take. But here's the reality, uh, that's not the way God wrote the story. God didn't come and say, here's, here's a bunch of rules, follow these. God came and said, can we just walk in the garden? Can we just have relationship and fellowship together? And when we went our own way, he sends his son to bring us back into relationship, not so we can follow a bunch of rules, it's so we can know him and live in relationship with him. And so I, I think sometimes we get it confused and I, I just want to encourage you, if you think of the Christian faith as religion, I want you to just to shift that and begin to think of it as relationship. Because I think that's how God designed it to be. I think it's all about relationship. Uh, last thing that I would say, uh, or last question I guess I want to ask uh, as we begin to wrap this up. Um, obviously, God's given to us a gift that is amazing. Um, but that doesn't mean there's nothing we can give back to him. In fact, I think we're supposed to give back to him. Um, what's a, what are some ways that you think we should give back to God this Christmas and um, maybe every day, not just on Christmas Day? What are, what are some ways we give back to God? I think for me, I just thought of the idea that just to pursue him. Um, it, it's easy to set things that we do But when we do that, it's easy to slip into a mindset that those things I do, I kind of do in my own strength. I don't really, you know, it it makes me maybe feel good, but it really isn't about that relationship. And so I think Hmm. for me, it's just the summary of, I just want to pursue him. I I don't need to say, you know, check all these things off the list every day. I should read my Bible or pray or whatever. But if I'm pursuing him, I will be doing those things. And so I think that that's the big thing for me is, is just 
being reminded to make sure that every day we're pursuing Jesus. Hmm. That's good. That's good. The first thing I thought of was time, that we are very busy people. And I think right, we live in a culture that is very like, you're constantly doing things. And it's really easy to forget that like, well, God is the you know priority of my life. He's the first relationship that should be on my mind at all times. And um, to like actually like give him time in my day. And um, not just like setting aside time in the morning or in the evening, but like, God, you are walking with me hmm. always. And so how do I like n- recognize that, notice that in everything that I do and kind of intentionally give him everything that I do um, in a way that kind of pursuing him and mm-hmm. um, I think is my, my first thought. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the picture which I think is all throughout Scripture of what God gives for us, right? We've talked about the fact that he gave his only son and Jesus comes and empathizes with us. He identifies with us. He uh, has the human experience like we do. And then he gives him his life for us, which is just this incredible act of mercy, Right, that a God would love us so much that he would actually give his own life to pay for all the stuff that we've done that's outside of his plan and purpose for us. It's an amazing gift of mercy. And then you see scripture uh, making it really, really clear that we don't, we don't choose to love God first. God, God's already loved us. And anything that we would give back to him in love or affection or devotion or making him the priority of our lives, that's just our return gift to him. Um, and, and his love, his gift comes first. And I was thinking about, there's kind of two passages of scripture which have been really important to me really over the last probably decade of my life. They're verses I come back to over and over and over again. One of them is found in Romans chapter 12. And if you have ever read the book of Romans, you'll know that that the first 11 chapters are really Paul talking about this gift that God has given to us and all that God has done for us, his act of mercy And then in in verse one, it says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves back to God as a living sacrifice. In other words, you don't give your life to God in in order to earn something from God. God's already given you everything you're ever going to need in his son Jesus and the work that Jesus did on the cross and being raised from the dead. So in view of that gift, the best gift you could ever receive, just give yourself back to God all of who you are. And, and that leads me to another verse of scripture, uh, a couple verses found in 2 Corinthians chapter five. And this is what it says. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. And this is the verse that I love so much. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. At Christmas this year, I want every single one of us to really remember the gift that God gave to us. 
gift of his dear son, Jesus Christ, who willingly came, identified with who we are, willingly went to the cross, died for our sins, was buried on the third day, raised again, ascended to be with his father in heaven. He's coming back someday, and when he does, all of those who have died in Christ will be raised again, and those of us who remain, who are walking in relationship with him, will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up and we'll spend forever with him. That is the gift that God has given to each and every one of us. He's made it possible for us to experience salvation and forgiveness and life. And I wanna encourage all of us to just reflect on that reality. But then there are some of us, some of us who, who need to give back to God this Christmas. God's done so much for us, and, and God's just asking us to take this life, our one and only life, and make that our gift back to him this year. We, he died for us so that we would no longer live for ourselves, but we would live for him. Living sacrifices, holy, pleasing, and acceptable. This is true worship. So as we wrap up this conversation this morning, I want to just lead us in prayer, and then uh, Pastor Christian's going to lead us in a song, and then we're going to get to baptize uh, a young lady who's come prepared this morning to step into the waters of baptism and publicly profess her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So congregation, can we stand together and let's pray as we close out this conversation? this morning. God, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love in our lives. God, you're so good, so faithful, so true. You loved us even when we were still sinners and you made a way for us to be in relationship with you through the work of your son. Thank you for the very first gift of Christmas. And help us this year to give the gift of our lives back to you. And for all that you do, God, we're going to give you the thanks and the praise and the glory and the honor. We pray it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.